0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode here of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. This is our 26th. I'm not sure why I keep saying what it is, but of course this is post Tour de France. We've just seen Jonas Wingo win his second title, first ever Dane to do so. And yes, Tadej Pogacar, super fan number one, Ewan is joining us. Uh There were plenty of people missing you on the stream and heckling you, but... Yeah, as always, joined with Ewan Wilson and also uh, Patrick Blake of Outdoor Cycling and the Echelon Cycling Podcast. I think that should take you before, but we are on the Echelon. Uh, nevertheless, Tour de France 2023 settled and uh, we will react to our predictions. We've got quite a packed show today, but yeah, Tour de France, what was kind of your fondest moment? Let's start with that. There were some good moments on stream, which people were talking about, which
1: I forgot about. I think the Yates. Duo attack on stage one was a was a definite highlight for me, and Victor Lafay kind of mugging the peloton on stage two that was another good one. But loads of good moments from this. I felt like there was a moment in the tour when going up Puy de Dom when Pagaccha dropped Vingegaard. There was just a, this real sense of hope where I was like, oh, "It's going to happen!" Like pagacha's on the way back, and then it was um somewhat quashed, like about a, a few days later. But that that attack, I
2: got, I like that. It, it gave me hope. For me, the most memorable moment will be Pogatra attacking on Kotre on stage six. He attacked and it was like, whoa, the Tour de France, like it's flipping because the day before Jonas gained a minute and then Pogaccio was gaining big time. And he thought, wow, we've got a a real battle on our hands and it's only stage six. And then also there was so much GC sort of stuff to to, to digest and the team tactics that day was super interesting as well. That felt like the most cyclismo moment of the Tour de France. Like it was, it was proper, like boom, bang, a bang between the two during the Tour de France. From that point onwards, I mean, the stalemate was interesting but like when I was writing the retrospective for how Jonas Vienko won the Tour de France that actually wasn't that interesting in the long narrative of the race because neither of those guys really gained anything and it felt like it was kind of in vain when a couple days later Jonas crushed everybody in the TT and that code la laws so for me, Coates Ray is the number one moment that was just re-watching that attack again when Pogacar like comes from behind Jonas is a little bit like off guard. And yeah, Jonas's little face going like this, like he's so determined and at the end with a little bow as well. It felt as though the Tour de France was like, moi. It, it was going to be another banger.
0: I mean, everyone's expecting me to say the the time trial where he absolutely crushed Taravagacha, but I'm not. I'm going to say the Nils Pollard chain. That was so funny where his t- chain snaps and then how many neutral, uh, well neutral service bikes that he has to go on so different many. cleats different size okay you could also say like uh, I, I think there was quite a few moments like Rodriguez crashing and still maintaining a top five Adam Yates being so powerful and we kind of all of us kind of being uh yeah quite amused about many people saying yeah Yates hype is just hype and I think the Yates brothers, ah. yeah, third and fourth, that's, that's pretty good going by both of them. And uh, quite a few debutants as well in, in the top ten of the tour. We got, what was it? Jai Hindley, Felix Gao, and Carlos Rodriguez. Good old Sea rod Yeah, and
1: Felix Gao. Great performance up called Laloz too. Crazy.
2: All three of those guys won stages. Oof. Coincidence?
1: I think not.
0: But anyways, uh, obviously, we had a video where we made predictions at the start of this Tour de France. So we're going to react to those predictions. The Tour de France is happening, so we might as well. We'll do predictions. So we'll start a bit with like what podium, the jerseys, and then a bit hot takes, as Ewan calls it. And then uh, we'll come back and laugh at ourselves after the Tour de France or maybe celebrate. I don't know. Who do you got? Let's definitely laugh. I think are going to finish on the podium. Bear in mind, you and I, and I have already done this over on the previous show on the Second game channel. But I'm going to change my podium just to double up on it. But uh, yeah, Patrick, you can go first.
3: I'm going to go with... Uh, third will be Hindley. Second will be Vingegaard. And first will be Pagacha. That went well. To be fair, that was looking
1: really promising if you took it at the first rest day. Hindley was, in theory, like, the favourite for third... But alas, that did not happen. He kind of just like slowly dropped away, did Hindley. So that was a bit disappointing. And I think like Pegacha and Vingegaard was a bit of a, a coin toss. Maybe I should have been a bit more thinking towards Jonas with Pegacha's wrist and lack of kind of ideal preparation. But I stick by it. I think it was a sensible podium. Okay. This
3: is exactly you podium as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go green jersey. It's a little bit rogue, I will admit. I think that everybody's looking at. Like a Jasper Philipson. I'm going to go with Dylan Cronerbagan to win the green jersey. <laughs> oh, wow. I think the polka dot jersey, logically it goes to Pigacha, but I'm going to go with Tom Pidcock and the white jersey ah. I'll go to Pigacha. Just because I think that Ineos needs some out of this race. It's probably not going to be GC. Pidcock will just go in do his thing in the breakaway and hot takes i will go with maxine van hills will win stage one <laughs> 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 and um i will say that adam yates will finish on the podium as well but even though you didn't pick him on the podium
0: yeah but you didn't but, pick him on your podium no no no
1: no no no, 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 no. let's just gloss over that, you that part you can't it's, say
0: jive Him.
1: Listen, there's a small technicality in my logic here. The point remains, I said Adam Yates was going to finish on the podium, and we're just taking that. I didn't really get much else correct apart from Pogatra and White, which is, like, as guaranteed as the sun will rise tomorrow. So, you can't take this away from me. (laughs) I got got everything else wrong. I'm fairly happy with my predictions. I... yeah, I should have backed Shakira. I think for polka dots, though.
3: You're on a double up on these things. I'll say, that he fin- Yeah, he finishes top. Yeah, he'll finish fourth place. Then
1: I'll nah, so just I skip that know. bit.
2: You fell into you fell you into peer pressure here.
3: Well, because, that's because
1: Scott was pointing out the, the fault in my logic. Forget the second part. I I said initially that he was going to finish third, and I'm not. I'm not having my my prediction
0: being dragged through the mud. Real? Oh. Did you mean? Yates, Adam, Yates finishing third, oh, yeah, and yes. you meant Yates finishing fourth, and you just didn't say Simon.
1: Of course, that, that's it.
0: That's exactly
1: what I meant to say. There we go. I had such insight that I thought the Yates were going to finish third and fourth. There you go.
3: We'll also win four stages. Those are my kind of... Yeah, I didn't
1: hit four. Close. Two. Got two. I mean, if he didn't
2: implode a little bit, maybe I would say if he didn't get in his head about like the GC arithmetic and bonus seconds, he probably would have won that stage that Rodriguez won, because he was Mm. looking around waiting for Adam Yates to help him to do like a lead out or foil. That should have been a
0: pogacha stage win. Even when Tromsølise and even when did a turn, don't even get me
2: started on that.
0: (laughs) Never mind, continuing.
2: Okay, so my podium is exactly the same. So to Vingegaard, right. and Pogaccia. Exciting, I know. Green, I think, is going to go to Jasper Philipsen. The white jersey is going to go to Pogaccia. i I'm purely based on historical trends since COVID that the winner of the GC has won the polka dots. I therefore have to go with with the trend and say Pogaccia is going to win polka dots. Yeah. You got you got two of the jerseys, and two of the people on the podium it doesn't work but- like that. I'm not. Like no, you can't claim but that. Hindley was good. Hindley came down in a crash. Have some, th- have some sympathy for them. No,
0: that's not what I'm saying. It was the Same. other part where you're like, oh, I've said two nays, but they're not in the right order. Hot takes time now. This is should be interesting.
2: Under the pool, will win a mountain stage. Wow. I think he's going to do a Giro 2022 kind of exhibition. Performs really well in the first couple of days. I think he definitely could win the opening stage in Bilbao, take the yellow jersey, wear it for that a couple of days, then later in the race try to go in the breakaway and fight for a stage win. And for that, that says, what? Like he went in the breakaway a lot. But he didn't win
1: the first stage and yellow jersey. If Vanderpool were to have won a mountain stage, which one would
2: it have been? I off. was feeling the Morzine stage. Okay. Alright, yeah. But in hindsight, I think that was a terrible, terrible opinion to air out on the internet. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have opened my mouth. This may be sort of one of these downhill stages later on that, that come in the Alps. That could really suit Martí Fond de Pool, but he gets a sort of debut mountain stage. That wow. stage in Beaujolais where he attacked with like 50k to go and then just like burn himself out. He was yep. way too impatient
1: yeah that's true
2: other hot takes include the fact that i think i mean this isn't really a hot take it's quite a cold take but i think adam yates will absolutely play jumbo visma in the mountains i think he could be a really decisive character in in this tour de france he's Ooh. so good
0: i don't know wow. but he was good he didn't
2: they didn't destroy Yumbo though so he,
3: he did cut.
2: on one stage but then yeah. Pogacar didn't have the legs on the day where Yates was going to destroy them. Yates was the architect of that final stage win in the Vosges. Yeah, Yates was also really useful on stages fourteen and fifteen. You got to say that. I'm not a Yates hater. We all said Adam Yates would be great. So. That's true. Yeah. The haters are in the comments. <laughs> That's real. I think we're going to have a rogue yellow jersey. What classes so- is rogue?
0: Oh he yeah I think Ewan defines what a
2: rogue is uh, someone from the breakaway
0: someone Ooh. from the breakaway
2: Hindley <laughs> Well technically technically
0: counts and no one saw him wearing it, let's be yeah. honest. So if we're going rogue as in no one expected it, technically yeah. technically, Ewan is correct. And he yeah. also went in the
2: breakaway to get it. Yeah, exactly so okay i would say say that's a that's a pretty based pick but get the yellow jersey from stage five until stage nine i think once again details don't count they don't matter it's why were you being specific no one was telling you to be specific (laughs) i just can't help myself
1: keep it for
2: uh... one day 24 hours (laughs) The GC teams to lead the race that early on. So we could see someone like Tom Pidcock, Quinn Simmons. Why was I so specific? (laughs) was, and so forth. Probably take the yellow jersey for a couple of days to alleviate the pressure from uh, from the GC teams. And I believe Uno X will be the most underwhelming team of the Tour de France.
1: We're more underwhelming teams, to be fair.
0: Yeah, Astana, star. No, a movie star. The, the, the list go on. Yes, but uh, they actually had a quite a lot of top 10s as well and top 5s. Got another one today. Yeah, exactly. Not with Kristoff. Not with Kristoff, which is infuriating. But yeah, nevertheless, I think you actually do backtrack this.
2: I do. I remember really? feeling guilty that I like dragged their name through the mud. Odium. I think well, I can't. Uh, I can't even remember my podium from the
0: preview. Uh, so I will just make one up, and I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say Jonas Vingor winning because I didn't say that last year and he won. So Yumbo, check in the post, please, or I will pick Jonas Vingor next year. So I'm gonna say the winner <laughs> this year's edition is third place. We have Adam Yates. Second. Oh. that's how you do it, Patrick. Oh, oh, fair. <laughs> Oh. in place Wilco Kelderman and Canabagaccia oh, well. wins it Kelderman. oh but well, come on a second
2: <laughs> Wilco <laughs> oh, well, Kelderman.
0: Kelderman almost wipes out i a problem or something
3: huh?
0: uh, buddy buddy wow. uh, in the green jersey I'm going with my heart this time Binyam Gomay takes it and Pocano jersey I think is good yeah that didn't yeah.
2: matter Maybe two top 10s in this race and nothing else.
0: Oh, well, we'll just ignore that. In terms of hot tags, Binium wins a stage. Hopefully, Uno X wins a stage. Oh. Right there, you and Oh, Ineos. Ineos could be underwhelming. I have a
2: feeling Mihawk Vyakhovsky is going to win a stage. Oh. Based. 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 <laughs> yeah, well done. Jappo. Yeah, well I had my vibe. Yeah, bro. I, like... I get my breakaway vibes, you know. Sometimes people are on like good form, but fair play, you. And it's because he won the, the Polish national championships for the first time in ages, so I have belief. Your vibes. Are they satisfied with the stage? Do they? Well, they didn't get one at the Giro again, so this is kind of what they yeah. want. they need this because yeah. they're not finishing in top five in GC. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh no. Yeah, Oh no no no. <laughs> so it, was,
0: it was so high and then it...
2: <laughs> I didn't need to be specific. I'm so no one said. <laughs> oh well. I was bitchy for no reason.
0: Oh well, it'll only get better.
3: Yeah, exactly. This is well, we're there's the, the hot game take. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna do right stage five, that is where. <laughs> Hitchcock is going to recreate yeah, Hershey 2020.
0: Who do you think is going to win the team
3: classification, the most exciting competition of the whole Tour de France? Bahrain. Virginia. I reckon, uh, yeah, getting the whole team up on the podium for the team classification,
2: that'll be... They've done it before. Uh, Bahrain could be good. Bill Bauer, Outlander, Pauls, Haig. But similarly, UAE might have... Um, they'll probably have Yates and Paul Garcher at top 10, as will probably Kelderman and... Vingagol, a goal and I'm probably adding up one of the other guys from UAE and Yumbo. I feel like it's probably one of those two, but I'd really like it to be Bahrain as well. That was that was a decent call. They were the top three, right? right. Yeah, they
1: finished in third. They were leading it at one point to be fair.
2: And I would have liked to have seen them up on the podium. As you know, but you know. Also, Wilco Kelderman needs to give us a check because we have hyped him up so much. I wonder how many figures they added to his contract because of the, the airtime we have given him over the past 12 sure. months. From saying that he's going to decide the Tour de France and transfer talks last year to the Humbo Visma preview. All of the little snippets we've done about Van Gogh at the Tour de France saying Kelderman's going to be a key character to Kelderman being used in a flat stage into Moulin. Come on. Kelderman, <laughs> the address is... <laughs> The Echelon Cycling Podcast Headquarters Andorra. And um, the account number, IBAN, and sort code are Oh Monaco, <laughs> Monaco,
0: Monaco, Monaco. <laughs> we need to move to Monaco. We're close to Nice. Let's do
2: it. I love public well, services.
0: I could never uh, but speaking of uh people we give too much airtime, well, podcast favorite. Aletzi Lutsenko. <laughs> Yes, where's not, this going? Not a great Tour de France.
2: He was in the breakaway a lot. He's now got a really good friend in Alaphilippe. Yeah, they they were in the, the best break best a lot. They
1: yeah. got. But Senka should have got super compatibility.
2: There you go. I have a bone to pick about that. So Whatever. did I. I said it on stream. I was furious. Say One it, of you. My favorite prizes at any Grand Tour is is breakaway prize. And Bernard's got it because of recency bias. He was really good yes. in the final week. But Al- I'm, I'm sorry, French rider bias. Philippe was in the breakaway since the first week of racing because Lord knows he wasn't going to win a stage otherwise. But literally every sort of hilly or mountain stage, Philippe was up there. I feel like he had a stronger case for it. If the tour were 10 stages long, Nielsen Paulus would have got it as well. Like, I think it's just this recency bias in Campinards. And, and I know Campinards, you- you're a subscriber to the Cycling Dane channel. Hi, hi, hi. But I think as well, the personality sometimes over comes the public and jury vote in a way where they want to try to get something that will get clicks and views rather than actually respecting the prize. sure is just... a well-known character in the sport with yeah. quite a big social media following. That's all I'm saying. They should have just picked, like, Mahorich then for the Ride for Gino thing
1: and the goods, you know, <laughs> he was in the break enough. I agree with you. The recency bias where it's like, yeah, Campeonauts attacked the last three days on some suicide missions, basically. And wasn't that successful in them and other people have been in the break more than him been more successful and i know that's not necessarily the parameters that are set for the super combativity prize but i was like you can't just do three good attacks in the last three stages and then it's like oh super combativity it's like what about stage 17 minus to stage one what about all those people who went in the break there I didn't
0: like yeah. it either. Well, nevertheless, uh, we have got other things on the agenda as well. I mean, one of the first things we're going to talk about, obviously, and uh, not ideal. He wanted to come back, win the race. Obviously, he had a wrist injury as well. But a super strong UAE team, Emirates team here. Uh, definitely looked like they'd leveled up to some degree. But how does Pogacar, if he is going to the Tour de France next year, how does he beat the Jumbo Visma train and Jonas? by not falling off in
1: Liege and hurting his wrist to so, would be a great start to that campaign. Of course we don't know what the parkours are for the tour next year outside of the first like three stages and the last stage in Nice. Is that right? A TT in Nice. So we're gonna get on to like a Yuzo and stuff and other teammates that maybe UE could bring as well, but I do feel like this year proved that they were pretty much mano a mano, pretty neck and neck. Apart from when Pogacar obviously was suffering from a lack of training in that final week in the TT and the Kodlalos, he was clearly on a bit of a downward trajectory in that kind of first part of the final week. I do feel like if he had a better prep, he would do better. So I do feel like it, it would have been a really close battle all the way to the line. So I feel like the difference in GC next year will be made on tactical decisions mainly rather than sheer brute force on climbs?
2: Yeah, I mean it definitely looked like UAE and Yumbo were pretty equal in this year's Tour de France at points it looked like UAE was stronger at points it looked like Yumbo was stronger I think Yumbo is more well-rounded with their Van Art kind of type, than Nansen van Hoedonk kind of type, Nansen van Hoedonk is better than Miguel Biel in terms of like direct comparisons and like but then UAE have Yates. Yes, Yambo have Curse, but maybe Roglic gets drafted in next year and it's, it's a completely different story. But, I mean, I think the easy answer people are giving is don't target the classics. Oh, I was Pogac- just going to say that. But when Pogaccio won back in 2021, he also rode Amstel that year? And he... I don't know if he rode Amstel. Back in 2021, Pogacar won Liège, then won the Tour de France, also wrote the Tour of Slovenia in between. Maybe Pogacar needs to do a more sort of... Dauphiné-focused run up to the Tour de France. He can still do Ronda, still do all those classics, and have then take a big, long break, then do... Criterium de Dauphiné, jump into the Tour de France. Yes, that would mean sacrificing Tour of Slovenia, but maybe just being in the Dauphiné and keeping up that momentum at high-level racing would help him. Like at Paris-Nice, where he was beating Jonas Vengo and beating a lot of the other guys, and everyone else and his team looked super good. Keep that morale going, keep that momentum going into the Tour de France. That might be a way of of doing it. I think it also just depends because Jonas, they looked sort of tête-à-tête throughout the race. But one thing, I mean, I'm trying to find it hard to like digest and swallow this thing about Jonas's victory is that like, did he know he had this performance in his legs the whole way through the Tour de France? Throughout that second week when there was a stalemate between the two, was Jonas holding back knowing that he was going to absolutely obliterate Pogacar in the mountains?
0: Well, the radio message by the Yombo team would suggest that where it was like, show the world that you're the best now. So I think they knew. So like, they were just toying with Pogacar. The whole
2: time though, like the whole time, was he holding back and holding back? Then how can we say Pogacar and Viengo with Tete Tete? Because Vengo didn't really attack during the Alps. He just kind of held on. And then went, oh, well, up until the time trial and then cut a loss. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I I find it really hard to sort of, D- dissect and digest this Tour de France given that final week of racing is um, a squad I think is strong enough, they're going to make some big transfers next year, Nils Pollitt I think is going to be a really, really uh, vital transfer, we saw in the final week of racing how good he was climbing as well, throw him into that squad, sorry Vigas Takalainen, but he could sort of fill in for you because he's a stronger climber, Pavel Sivikov rumoured to be moving there as well, throw Pavel into that squad and it'll be a, a really really good setup I feel Brandon McNulty, bring him back? Yeah, forgot about I, him. Ayuso not... said he wants to target next year's Tour de France. That's not a good idea, but... I mean,
1: what, what would... I was saying to Scott, Like, what would Ayuso have brought this... Say, theoretically, Ayuso gets brought this year. I don't think it makes a difference because at the end of the day, it was Pigaccia that wasn't able to match Vingegaard and Ayuso being there wouldn't have really made any difference whatsoever so like what would a user bring next year would i mean would UAE actually be able to put more pressure onto Jonas? would a user be able Mm. to be closer in gc than adam yates would be in theory you know but in that case could yumbo just bring roglic next year and provide a perfect rebuttal to that
2: yeah and then maybe with remco involved next year i think having a third rider who's I know some people will say, he's not their equal, but having a third rider that could possibly be their equal, that would, who's not on their team, sorry, Roglic, that will make the dynamic really interesting, because you know have an extra rider to look out for in attacks. Well, that sort of, because all Jonas did was mark Bogaccia. Gotcha. If there's an Ave there as well, then both of them have to mark out Ave as well as marking out each other. I think a third rider in that battle could be really interesting, if Remco stays at Sudal. Are you anything else? We
3: we have what a closer eye on